You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, a weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here, and today we are joined by our care minister, Lyndon Fall, been on staff since the summertime, joining in the midst of COVID, but he has been in pastoral work and care for many, many years, was down in Vincennes, Indiana for nearly 30 years, and then ministering to some folks on the northeast side, as well as other uh, just duties day by day. You're always taking care of people, and we have seen your heart for people here. It's been so good to have have you here at Kingsway, Lyndon. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate that. It's just been a real blessing uh, to be here and just to be a part of a team. That's a, really a, a larger team. That's something I've not been familiar with, but just uh, I just appreciate the hearts of all my brothers and sisters on staff. And I'm so excited for our conversation today because it's about things that are close to your heart. You get to talk with folks that are struggling in their marriages. They're struggling in their relationships. They're struggling with parenting and, and how to lead their kids well. And so today we want to talk about that. We're almost through our series, got to get through it. And it's been so good to have some helpful tips from the word about how to do better in our relationships, our families, in our marriages. Yes, and I, I would say one of my favorite uh, scriptures is Psalm 127, mm. verse 1, that says, Unless the Lord uh, builds the house, they labor in vain that, that build it, Andy. Uh, that if God is not in the center of it and that he's not the master architect and designer, uh, then it really is going to be futile. And so as men, as husbands, we need to look to our father first. And I know your heart is for men and how we lead the family as we're under God's leading. Yes, that's that's really true. And, and again, as uh, I was talking to just a man just uh, recently, and I was saying, you know, one of the scriptures says in 1 John that one of the characteristics of young men is that the word of God abides in them and they've overcome the evil one. So really teaching men how to be warriors and how to fight, uh, not as the world fights, Andy, but as the Lord would lead them to fight and to be the point man, if you will, in their homes. So what are you saying to men as they are coming into your office? Some of these tips for sure, but what kind of conversations are you having that we can kind of impart some of that wisdom in the guys that are listening in here today? Okay. Well, I mean, there'll be, there'll be several things that uh, I would be emphasizing, but, you know, I think it was a, a while back and I really appreciate it. Uh, Matt had a series uh, that really would have been from Proverbs 20 verse five that says the purposes of our hearts are deep waters. And many of them remember the iceberg yep. and, and the, the, the small parts on the top and the, and so that what, what I see and try to tell men is both in their own hearts and their wives and their kids, uh, that what you see on the surface isn't there's a lot of stuff going on down below and uh, a, a book called parenting for adolescents by a man named kevin huggins says this uh, what would you think he would say andy is the number one barrier to good parenting and i would say to good marriage communication bad communication okay that's a good thought he said i'm wrong is, though go ahead <laughs> Sorry, Andy, that's set you up. A, he would say, two. yes, he would say this. It's a lack of self-reflection. Oh, wow. The ability for a person to sit back and to really, Jesus said, clean the inside of the cup mm. and the outside will be clean. But we read in the book of Psalms in 36, which I know it says that we flatter ourselves too much to detect or hate our sin. Mm. 
So sometimes that self-deception, and that's where the Spirit of God and the Word of God, but that's also where we need our spouse to see our blind spots. We need our brothers and sisters in our life groups, yep. you know, to be... So we really... What, one of the things I've been saying is you need a support network hmm. to help um, to face and be more self-reflective. As you talk about that, the first thing that comes to my mind is no quick fixes. This isn't just an overnight, all right, I'm better. There is a process and a network that we really need to surround ourselves with and then go through, got to go through it. That's what I've been saying. That's right. You you definitely got to go through it. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I always say to be encouraging men uh, is is that John Orberg has a book that's called uh, Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Him. I love that title. Don't you like that? <laughs> it's so true. It's true. Yep. And, and so uh, what I know is uh, I was a pastor's kid okay. first before a pastor. Is, is many times, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up and I remember the flannel, flannel graphs oh, and, yeah. and all the ex- exploits of uh, Daniel fought Goliath. and da- I mean, Daniel was in the lion's den, David fought Goliath, but not I didn't always remember about the weaknesses and failures of the men of f- and women of faith. Mm. And, and I, so I think, Andy, just teaching our kids, uh, you know, I know that we have to be careful in what we bring out. But I have a quote here. I, I want to quote from a counselor that I think is very important. It says this, there's a widespread refusal to let children know that the source of much that goes wrong is due to our own very natures. Mm. The propensity of all men for acting aggressively, socially, selfishly out of anger and anxiety. Instead, we want our children to believe that inherently all men are good. But children know that they're not always good. And often, even when they are, they'd prefer not to be. Mm. This contradicts what they are told by their parents and therefore makes the child a monster in his own eyes. Oh, wow. The damage we do. Yeah, the one of the greatest things you can do to your kids is to come aside and say, yeah, we're, we're a mess, we're yeah. a precious mess, but our sin nature, that's why we need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so instead of trying to make, the, you know, make everything look good, yeah. look at the scriptures. And, and Andy, I look at the marriages and I look at the families in the Bible. Just go through Genesis. Tell me one that's dis, that's functional. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> so much deception and lying. Yeah. So I was telling huh. a guy today, I love where, and it says in Romans chapter four, it says this of Abram, and that's a person that I'd really like to talk to sometime about, is it says, um, it says, he faced the facts that his body was good as dead. And, and you know, Christians should face the fact. If, if they'll be more honest about themselves and their homes and their troubles, I don't want to be a part of a church where we're in living in denial, yeah. Andy. You know? Yep. Because I think Christians should be, of all people that face truth and, and understand the real reality of the, the mess that we are apart from Jesus, it should be us. Right. So I'm thinking about someone listening right now. And they are, you're speaking right to their heart. And they're saying, yep, I I get that. And I don't know what to do. I don't know. I can't tell my spouse because then what will happen? But they know they need to. What's what's the first step as they reflect, as they feel like that monster that you talked about, that the child might feel that way? What is that person's first step to opening up and to bringing the truth to light as much as it's going to hurt? Um. Well, really, is is, is uh, I've always said, what you won't confess to you, you won't confess to God. Okay. So you just really have to acknowledge it to yourself. Yeah. And then, but 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 what I want, what I wish, you know, I had the time here, Andy, to, to give is an illustration. I mean, you said it, it's not a quick fix. Mm-hmm. And when I look, I always thought about, can you imagine what it'd be like to shepherd Abraham? 
Hmm. When I look at his story and, and how this man became, Andy, a man of faith, as he was called, and a friend of God, and yet I, I would like to talk about his weaknesses yeah. and where he failed Sarah. Yeah. He failed her. And I've failed my wife. Mm-hmm. We all have. We all have. Yep. But you know, the umbrella that I operate under is there's no condemnation for mm-hmm. those who are in Jesus Christ. That that we, I'm guiltless. Mm-hmm. I'm ashamed of things that I've done, Andy. The sure. Bible says there's a difference between being ashamed and being guilty. Yeah. And I think men often forget that. They're, that's different. I'm not, I'm not proud of things I've done, but I'm not condemned by things. And that liberates me. And I think the greatest thing that I see in the scriptures that I want to talk about is, is, is C.S. Lewis said, the difference between Christianity and any other religion is grace. Mm, yes. And Jerry Bridges, in one of his books, he's deceased now, said, we preach grace to the lost and works to the saved. Mm. And we should preach grace to the lost and grace to the saved. Yeah. So I would tell a man, come out from hiding because the God that I serve is so gracious yeah. and that uh, he's all about changing men uh, from their weaknesses and failures and making them into men of God. But Abraham didn't become a man of God mm. and a man of faith overnight. Yeah. And it's not about how good Abraham was, it's how good and faithful and gracious God was, Andy. I love the promise that God works his greatest in our weaknesses. What an amazing, unbelievable thing. But when we are weak, when we acknowledge that, that we need our Savior, yes. that's when he comes through. That's amazing. It is. And, and in that story of uh, Abram and Sarah, yeah. there's several things that uh, that stand out. Is is And if I took time, is is, is that he didn't just fail at throwing his wife under the bus once. He kept doing it. He kept doing it, Andy. <laughs> you know what? Now, now, and here's the beauty of this. I was, I was reading this one day, and I was thinking, okay, do you know what happened each time he did? He got more sheep and more cattle and more money. Yeah. It, so can you imagine huh. going up to, and going, man, you got all this wealth. You got all this cattle. You must be a man of faith. And he go, no. The opposite. Yeah. God has been so faithful. God has been so gracious. And that's my story, Andy, is in my life and following the Lord. It's not I've been so faithful and so good. Mm-hmm. I don't have what I have because of what because of God's mercy and grace. Yeah. And that's you see, to me, if I had another boy, I'd name him Isaac. Oh wow. You know what Isaac means, right? I don't. Isaac I means laughter. That's right. Yep. Well, you know when laughter comes? Because God had undermined their confidence in themselves and taught them that God was faithful to his word in spite of them. Mm-hmm. And they were just so full of joy and laughter. And I feel like if you serve the Lord for any time and, and you just you taste of his grace and mercy in your marriage and in your parenting, you want to have, you go, man, I got to have an Isaac. Right. I love it. We need the laughter. We need the laughter, Andy. And we do. And around here at Kingsway, we have plenty of laughter, I think. <laughs> we, do, we do. We have a bunch bunch of Isaacing happening. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Well, so what I'm hearing you say 
as just a, a recap, as we're taking people through this, this journey, first, you got to confess to yourself that, yep, I, I've, I have these issues. And then you confess to God and you ask him to forgive you. And then you got to surround yourself with people that are going to walk you through that other broken people, just like, just like you and me. And, and that's where I love that our church comes alongside, whether it's, a, it starts perhaps with a one-on-one -on -one meeting with you, but a lot of times it's in groups that we are able to really grow the most because we can be transparent. Yeah, that, that'd be true. Uh, and you know, it's, I was thinking of this the other day too. What we need to realize is that that you think about Adam and Eve in, in perfection, the, their honeymoon quickly was invaded by a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I heard a guy say he didn't put them on a, a romantic balcony. He put them in a battlefield. Mm. And, you know, that's really spoke to me that Andy, the, the people, their marriage and raising their kids, they're in a spiritual battlefield. Yep. And sometimes they don't even, they don't even realize that, but, but we need to understand that it's, it, 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 it's serious, yeah. you know, but, but the levity, the lightheartedness can come uh, because just of knowing God's grace and God's goodness and, and, mm. and, and faithfulness. So I just want men and women to know that there's hope. Yeah. There's hope. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 you know, I mean, if Adam and Eve, I mean, Adam and Eve, Abraham and Sarah looked at each other, they could go, you failed, you failed. And they could, they could just really destroy each other. Instead, you know, they could see, wow, God has really changed you, honey. Well, God has really changed you, sweetheart. God has. And that's the key. And that's the key. I, I grew up in a Christian household, and so I've always known what hope is because my parents modeled it. I believed it early on in life. And, and then just recently, I've been talking with a friend who came to Jesus in his 20s, and he said, you don't understand what it's like to go through life without any hope. You, you just don't know what it is until you find Jesus, and then all of a sudden, that's a game changer. Yes. And, and a world that is without hope, we have all this hope to offer because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. That's true. And I want to read another quote that I really, really, I find this to be so encouraging. Uh, some may not, but I want to read this. Okay, this is <laughs> by G.K. Chesterton, and this is what it says. I have known many happy marriages, but never a compatible one. Oh, wow. The whole aim of marriage is to fight through and survive when incompatibility becomes unquestionable. I love that. Yeah. See, Adam and Eve could, I mean, Abraham and Sarah could say they, we weren't compatible. They weren't held together because it says what God joined together. Mm. Karma and I are together. Man, it's not because we were compatible. Yeah. And if, I don't remember if you remember uh, Casting Crowns had a song that I like that says, you know, maybe we weren't meant to complete each other. Maybe we were meant to be broken. Mm. Wow. And so, so many people think, well, you know, I'm not compatible. And I like what he said. No, you're not compatible. You are who God created you to be with each other. Reminds me of the old Jerry Maguire line where, where Jerry, played by Tom Cruise, says, you complete me. And, and that's what Hollywood tells us. That's, that's what, what yes. our culture tells us. You're going to fall in love with the one and you're going to be completed and only God Brings completion. Only God. And, and think of, I was thinking the other day too, because the guy said, he said, this is a cornerstone uh, of marriage it is is that God brought Eve to Adam and Adam had to decide whether to receive her or not. Wow. Are we going to say, God, that that spouse yeah. was your gift to me? Wow. 
Are we going to accept that because we believe God is good so that in spite of their failures, in spite of their weaknesses, in spite when things are difficult, we're going to say, thank you for that, my gift. Yeah, that's precious. Yes. Any last thoughts, Glendon, that you want to pass along to folks that are, that are listening here? It's such a, such a good word today. I hope this, this word is encouraging you, and, and we are here for you in this journey. But any last thoughts you have? My last thought would be, the Lord gave me this some time ago out of the book of First Timothy. I'm trying to remember if it's 4 or 5. Four, and, and really, I always tell people, it says Paul was talking to the young Timothy, and he said this. He said, let your perfection be evident to all. Mm. And people look at me and go, wow. And I go, no, he didn't say that. He said, let your progress be evident. Wow. Okay. He doesn't ask you to be perfect. Yeah. And I remember myself, I would beat myself up, Andy, sometimes if I just wasn't perfect in my marriage and in my parenting. I'd I'd just get out the old whip and whip myself. And God was showing me, no, perfection is already what you got in Jesus. Progress is is what God's looking for. And Abraham made a lot of failures, but he also made a lot of progress. Mm. So I encourage husband and wives as they raise their kids, as they work in their marriage, just let the progress be evident. And I love that because it's not just for myself. It's I'm not expecting perfection out of my wife. I'm not expecting perfection out of my kids. Things are going to happen. We're going to make mistakes. Grace. Grace. Grace covers it. Grace is there, brother. What a beautiful word. Lyndon, thank you for being with us today. And, and if you, listening at home, listening in the car, at the gym, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you want to take this conversation a step further, we would love to continue it with you. Feel free to reach out to us here at Kingsway. A. Lynch at kingswaychurch.org. L. Fall, that's F-A-U-L-L, at kingswaychurch.org as well. Have a great day.